Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut, and pouches that gives you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz that you're used to without tobacco. Fully Loaded Chew comes in nine flavors and is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine, the purest form of nicotine there is. To give us a try, head on over to FullyLoadedChew.com for a $1 can of chew with free shipping when you enter the code OUTDOOR1. O-U-T-D-O-O-R and the number one. Lastly, many outdoorsmen are trying to quit tobacco altogether and Fully Loaded Chew may be that first step. For more information on our product line, visit FullyLoadedChew.com. I'm not going to mess with anything. I can hear you well enough, and I think you're recording according to the thing. So, look at us. Well, look, look at us, Paul. We made it to the new year. We made it to the new year, and we're we're doing our first in person podcast recording. I, this is weird. And we live like five minutes from each other. We've <laughs> never recorded a podcast together. So, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure what to think about this, but uh, it's good. It's nice. It's it uh, nice. better than the the old Zoom call. So, yes, it is. Uh, let's see here. What have you been up to, man? Did you get out in the, out in the water a little bit? I did. I got, I went, I went duck hunting twice in the last week. Um, today is, is the third yesterday. The second we had, uh, we central Ohio had like the first significant cold front that we've had. I, I feel like all year or in a while. I mean, I don't remember. And we had some rain. We it's had, been we very had some good wind, a good lately. temperature drop. It was snowing sideways. So, me and all my duck hunting buddies, we went out um, to the marsh at uh, Delaware. I, you know, I'll tell you guys where I hunt. I don't care because um, there's a bunch of spots out there. And we, I, I knew that it was going to be kind of pressured, but there was probably 10 to 15 groups hunting this. It might have been more marsh. And if you're if you're a duck hunter, there's um, there's a term called, called sky busting. And it's when the the ducks are higher than what your shot can reach, and so you shouldn't shoot. You shouldn't. You know, you shouldn't. You, you shouldn't sky bust. And I'll tell you what, man. We saw a ton of ducks. I mean, a ton, hundreds of ducks. Um. And so the the way ducks will work is they'll kind of like they'll circle. Um. You know, they'll look at decoy sets and they'll they'll just try to find areas and and. and you know, they're making sure that things are safe. A lot of times they'll just commit right away as soon as they come into the area. But most of the time they'll circle and kind of pick. And I'll tell you what, man. We had like flocks at like multiple times, like 30 people. These ducks are 250, 300 feet in the air, maybe more than that. And people are popping shots off. And these ducks are gone. I mean, gone. And it's just like you, you're ruining it for everybody. It's like, stop it. Stop, 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 stop. So stop sky busting. No sky busting 2022 at, uh, at Delaware. We can do better. But it was cool, man. It was. Um, I've, I've got uh, two two of my buddies. I've I've got them into hunting over the last year, just through the stories that I've told. And um, Brandon, and, and and they listen to the show. But the first ducks that we had come in the other day, I look over. He's sitting right next to me to my left, and he's shaking uncontrollably. 
And it like it warmed my heart, man. Because I love seeing that. Like when, and you know how it is. Like you get the you get the shakes. Oh, yeah. Everyone does. And that's the stuff like you don't want to lose as as you get as you get older. Or, you know, not older, but you know, more experienced in the in the woods of the marsh. And uh, it was awesome, man. I love seeing. It. He was shaking like a leaf every time, man. Just cracking me up. So, Brandon, keep that passion, my friend. Yeah, that's awesome, Paul. Uh, it's always good getting somebody out there for the first time or two. Yeah, but, for sure. Good time. Uh, good time. What about you, man? Christmas, New Year's, all that good stuff. Yep. So I've got to go back out to the woods. My knee is back uh, good enough to get out there. So that was nice. Um, saw some deer, but still nothing. No antler deer that I'm interested in. So... Yeah, I uh, did that. That was nice. But then we, what was it? This is the second year, I guess. We decided last year to grind and process all of our own venison. So it turned out that we're, my wife and I are not big partiers by any means. Usually it's like 8.30 or 9 o'clock, we're in bed, it's done. Uh, but the, so last year we decided to do all of the grinding of the deer on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. And it's now our tradition. Uh, well, and it's going to be. That's the plan. Uh, to to do that. So we had three three deer that we had to get ground up. Um, which I put some of the pictures there on Instagram and stuff. But it was... It's a process, man. It takes time. Get it trimmed. Yeah. And then cubed and you got to keep everything cold so we do like a batch at a time and then put the stuff back in the freezer and um we end up with like 76 pounds of ground venison oh, wow so um i actually was a little bit disappointed in that i thought we'd have more but it's okay so do you do you you quarter everything up and then freeze it when you shoot the deer and then to like you unthaw it process it like, do you cut up roast or do you just do like grind it? Do you cut up steaks? What do you do? So I don't do any steaks. The roast, we'll take a few roasts out, um, back straps and tenderloins. Everything else I basically put into a, a grind bucket. And that's just because okay. we use it more that way than anything else. I'm sure the best way is not to shoot the deer in October, <clears throat> freeze it until January 1st or whatever, and then work with it. But I don't really have an option, right? And I don't have a huge cooler to, to throw it in. We're going to get a butcher on someday. Cause this, and this is one of the questions I have. And so far, it's just the way it's been because I don't have any other option. But I put it in the freezer. Then we thaw it out, cube it up, run it through the grinder, all that stuff. And it's fun. And I think it's good for the kids. I believe that was Alexa chiming in. I, I hate that thing. She's probably listening. She's listening. Uh, Big text after us. <laughs> the uh, I think it's important for the kids to see where their food comes from and sure. how, um, yeah, just how all that works. They tend to not. They don't sit there and do it with us, but. Yeah. They're around, they so just hang out. So yeah, that I, was that was our big marathon uh, grinding session. But it's pretty cool. I took I took my nephew Levi rabbit hunting. So he's he's gone. I think this was his like overall his fourth hunt ever. So turkey, deer, and then and then we went rabbit hunting. And I've got my my youngest daughter. She is my next next in line to to learn how to hunt. Her older sister, I don't think she's going to be. I don't think she's going to be into it. I don't. 
I just had that feeling. But I uh, I asked Maura, I was like, hey, do you want to go? Do you want to go rabbit hunting? And she's like, are we going to shoot the rabbits? I'm like, yeah, we're going to shoot the rabbits. And just and she's three and just dead, just deadpan just looks at me and she's like, why would you shoot a rabbit? I like rabbits. They're cute. And and I just like, you know what? I'm starting to lose this battle. So I don't know. I I, I need to ask like some of these followers, like Tony Peterson. I should ask him like, because my, my girls are girly. I mean, that is Barbies and pink and princesses and all that that comes with it. Yeah, their, their, their idea of, like, woodland critters is, like, singing musicals and shit to them, so not killing them. So I got some work to do on that front, but. Very cool. Yeah. I can hear your chickens. You hear the rooster out there. Yeah, I hear your rooster. Hopefully everyone else can hear that. That's Mater. Cool. You got Alexa and roosters going on. So hey, man, this good. is... This is the good. This is the the good stuff that we learn when we're uh, doing this yeah. in person. So, so I've got I've got this. I had this thought the other day, sitting in the marsh, and it was it was nice and quiet. And I was like, you know, we need to do some cool, like non hunting related or non hunting centric like podcast ideas. And I was thinking, like, uh, trying to figure out like what would be a good like a cool topic. Like one year for the the Golf Course Superintendents Association, they brought in a brewmaster for one of the monthly meetings, and it was awesome. It wasn't like some PhD, you know, from from a turf company talking about, you know, grass seed or whatever. It was this guy talking about, hey, this is how we brew beer. It's cool. And we're all like, this is amazing. This is this is like the greatest topic. So I don't know what would be like if you think of because there's there's a big filler that we're going to have to figure out. And I'm hoping some, you know, some of our listeners will get on Instagram or Twitter when it gets unlocked. Yeah. I locked out the the record. Paul Paul got us. uh... Yeah, it's tied to my personal account. I got I got a little handsy, I guess, with with Twitter, a little aggressive, and they, they suspended me for seven days. But I don't know what what would you think would be a cool a cool. Uh, I mean, what's going on in mid February? Like you know, what are uh, we? you're getting close to shed hunting season. Shed hunting. <laughs> yeah. You and your sheds, man. You love that. I do. It's so fun. Um, no, that's a good idea. We'll have to do some brainstorming. If yeah. anybody out there has any ideas, I do. Brian Hall told me he wants to hear Butcher, and I, I, I Butcher would be cool. That would be a real cool. Butcher would be good. Yeah, that'd be a real cool topic, I think. Um, but yeah, we'll have to find. Maybe we'll get like a little bit of a homesteading the, type of. Yeah, the one, the one, the one like kind of topic that's associated with you know the outdoors and you know, know where your food come from. That that we're on Kelly's Island uh, last summer, and I can never pronounce this word. Apiaris. Ape, the the beekeepers they had the beekeepers for the state of Ohio like and um, they're like a beekeeping group and they did like a little workshop on keep on beekeeping it was fascinating that's awesome yeah it was super cool I like to get someone like that on the show I once took an eight week course on uh, beekeeping did you really yeah I kept a couple hives for a summer too it was, that'd be kind of cool it was quite interesting that damn rooster will not shut up he, he is on awesome, it man he just does that all um, you see in your see in your hat. I just I got a notice today. I think it was on Instagram. Yes. Yeah. Did you see that first light? Getting into the duck. Getting into the waterfowl gear. I think I think what it say June twenty twenty two. I mean, still too rich for my blood, but I don't know. First light. I, I, I like their I like their stuff. I know Sitka is like the big top of the line brand, and 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 waterfowl. I'm sure first light will. Their camo pattern. What you could see it looked it looked pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah, I listened yeah, to um, Meat Eater podcast today, and they were talking about that. Were they? Yeah. So. And well, now you were you... talking about being out in the, in the water with the ducks. They were saying that the because of some of the drought conditions that are up in the upper 
central Midwest, okay, so like North Dakota and yeah. north into Canada and stuff, it's been so dry that they've lost like 80% of the ponds that yeah. were up there. Isn't that, isn't that wild? Yeah, and so it, it's going to affect the duck numbers. Now, there's some the speckled belly goose, and I'm sorry if I'm screwing this up because I'm not a waterfowler um, like some people, but there are some species that are doing really well. However, there are most of the ducks and stuff are like not it's not happening. Um, yeah, so I my my one of my old bosses is a, is a real big duck hunter. He was on the DU board for a while. I mean, that that is his thing. And he booked a hunt to the to California and it was uh you know the the Pacific Flyway and I and I asked him about kind of the migration patterns because you know the same thing, you know, out there they've lost a ton of water. And he said that the duck numbers in California are really good and they're super concentrated. So if you're, you know, there's still water out there. If you're fortunate enough to have water, all the waterfowl are concentrated on those areas. So he said a lot of people, like a lot of these, um, like habitat or not habitat, but like, like ranches or, you know, whatever they are that, that offer duck hunting, like they've jacked their prices up because the duck numbers and the harvest numbers are so high because, Instead of a hundred ducks there in your pond, you've got a thousand ducks, and it's just out of control. So I, I find that I find that interesting. I'd like to I'd like to see what the repercussions are on like the. Um, I mean, because if there's nowhere to land, I mean, you know, these ducks are going to land in cornfields or whatever, in little ponds and flooded. You know, so what are they going to do? And there's no protection from predators. It's got to have an impact somehow. And I'm not smart enough to know, but you know, but their breeding season doesn't start until the spring. So. Yeah, I think they were talking about things getting pushed back a little bit, which can be a challenge as well. Yeah, but. yeah it's pretty. It's pretty wild, man. It's. Uh, I know. I know that uh, guys are killing a lot of ducks out west right now. I've seen it floating around on Twitter and Instagram. It seems to be a good year, but good. Yeah, good, good, good. Well, Paul, so we talked about we we're going to do the uh, kind of twenty twenty one year in review. And I don't know. I got a few questions we can go over and thoughts, but the uh, I think it was a pretty pretty good year overall. Uh, how about you? Twenty twenty one for me professionally, personally was was really good. Um, I know everything in this country, this world's going through. A lot of people are struggling. And if that's you, man, I I wish you the best in twenty twenty two. You know, it's going to get better. I know a lot of people people were hurting. Um, is 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 in terms of like what this show is about, like hunting success. I didn't kill a turkey. I didn't kill a deer. I've killed some ducks. Killed a bunch of rabbits, bunch of squirrels. You know, so it was like the year of the small game. Killed some pheasants, which was which was cool. But um, you know, the big two, man. I I kind of I kind of struck out. A lot of that was, uh, especially in the spring, man. I just had so much going on, you know, work wise. Yeah. I, 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 I think if I had to rate my year, I'd give it about a B. Yeah, and uh, because I definitely, I mean, I got my deer in the freezer. I'm still looking for that buck. I'd like to get a buck over in Pennsylvania sometime, which is that's a different story. But uh, we didn't get turkey, so no. coming I mean, up. What, what, what did we go out twice? And those were those, those were your first spring turkey hunts. Yeah. So I mean, we did we did hear some we did hear some turkeys, but uh, that's kind of like a goal for me next year. I've got like a. Man, a list of like five or six people that I want to help 
them get their first turkeys because I love that man. Turkey turkey hunting is my favorite. I know a lot of people kind of think that's you know turkeys and uh, boring or whatever. You know, you know you don't think about it until you know the weekend before the season starts and it is like it is a daily thought for me. Yeah. Um, so I actually I, I mean I can talk about it now by the time this airs, but I um accepted a position with the NWTF that I start here in a few weeks. So I'm Congratulations. Pretty, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty pretty excited about that. So, so now we'll have all the turkey news. Oh yeah, man, I'm gonna get paid to talk about wild turkey hunting. Are you kidding me, man? Oh come on, I am I'm a lucky guy. So but yeah, twenty twenty one for me, hunting was it was tough. It was definitely it was definitely a challenge. Um you know, like my my son, I'm still trying to get him his first turkey. Uh, he's missed everyone. I mean, I have I, I he he doesn't listen to the show, so I'm gonna bad mouth his ass right now. But I mean, I have like we've had turkeys 15 yards from him, and he, he just he just blows the shots. I don't mm-hmm. know what it is when you practice, and he gets excited. We had we had uh, this spring we had a turkey at home. We roosted it the night before. We get in like like I knew the area. I didn't know like specifically where this where this bird was. And dude, this turkey dropped out of the tree, gobbled once, dropped down of the tree, like twenty yards, stretched, gobbled again, and my son shoots like a foot over his <laughs> over his head. And I'm just like, dude, I don't know what more you. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> like at some point, That's you got to shoot this damn bird. So. But yeah, so I you know I've got a bunch of people that I want to get because it's such a it's such a cool thing, man. It's a, it's a lot of fun and a, it means a lot to me and you know that obviously means as much to everybody. But it's so fun as hell. So talking about goals for twenty twenty two, that's one of your goals. Yeah, get for sure. Some people their first birds. Yep. Well, that was on my list of goals to get my first bird. That would be up there. Um, and I really got to land it. I'd really like to land a nice buck next year, but yeah. those would be. I'm trying to think what other goals. Oh, I want to. I want to get uh, into fly fishing a little bit, and I've yeah. got. I've got some people that I can lean on t- for this. Obviously, it's just buying the stuff that's necessary, and then going out and doing it. But um, that's something I think to fill the time in the summer. I'm gonna. I'm gonna look into. Yeah, I I got someone gave me a bunch of Cabela's gift cards a couple years ago, and at the time I you know I had sufficient equipment for turkey and you know I, I didn't really need anything specific at the moment, so I bought a bunch of fly fly rods, and you know I didn't buy anything nice. It was like the 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 starter Cabela kit or whatever, which I'm sure is junk. But I practiced in my backyard and learned to tie flies and and. Um, I went to the Big Derby here in, in Central Ohio, and I caught the world's two smallest smallmouth bass. That's all I caught. And I fished probably 30 times before I caught these two fish. And I caught them, you know, probably five days apart. That's awesome. But it was like just catching the, the first one, because it was probably, you know, I, I'd been fishing, fly fishing 15 times before I even caught a fish. You know, I'd miss a couple or, but man, it was, it was cool. It was, it was a lot of fun. My cousin, her husband, he was in a fly fishing guide out in Washington State for like okay. eight years. Hopefully we get him on here someday. Um, oh my gosh, we were down at Hilton Head last year and he had the fly rod out because um, there was like a lagoon or whatever in the back. And the dude can throw the fly rod like 75 yards out there. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to have to try to get Troy in. 
Yeah, it's a, it's amazing. I, I I was watching this video. This guy had like empty beer cans set up on a uh, like on a ledge, and he had them you know, like a foot apart or whatever. And he had probably a dozen of them, and he was just like fifty feet away. And he went down the line and just plinked those things that's off awesome. that ledge. I'm like, my god! I, like when I fly fish, I aim for an area that's like a thousand square feet. Like if I if I'm in that area, I'm happy. Like okay, we made it. So that's cool. Yeah. No, that's that'd be a good. That'd be a good trip. I if, let's talk about something like crazy. Like what would be, like some crate, like some crazy hunt that money just throw it out the window. What would you do, twenty twenty two? So do you remember that guy um, Corey that used to be on this podcast with us? That, I think it was, it was Ringle. Wasn't oh, it? Ringle, yeah, he, yeah, giant he, red beard. He was Corey, on here, and then he disappeared, and I'm not sure uh, where he's gone. <laughs> he doesn't answer his phone anymore. Must uh. not like this. Uh, well, at one point, him and I were talking about going out to Colorado and yeah. uh, elk hunting. So I, I really like to go elk hunting at some point just because um, it's so damn good. That meat is amazing. So yeah. every time I've never I, had elk. Oh, man. It's 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 really good. Is it? So, those, those elk hunts, like, I, I, I like watching the videos. Um, I, would, I would have to train religiously. Like weight train, yeah, like well, just exercise, exercise. And, because I'm not like I'm a bigger guy. I mean, you know, whatever, but I, I don't like to be I don't like to be last. I don't like to be the slow guy, you know. And that would literally kill me if I went if I went with a bunch of guys that are like in shape. I would die. Like it would <laughs> it would be the end. So I think for me, like if I could if I could choose like a crazy hunt to go on. I think I've got I've got two. I would I would I would want to like moose hunt in Maine. You know, one of those northern The know, ones without the grizzly bears, that that yeah. kind of an area. Or it would be like like a British Columbia or you know, Vancouver like that northern territory or northwest territory of uh like grizzly or brown bear or something. That would be that would be cool. Moose hunt would definitely be my I that would be my number one dream hunt. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, we're going to try to do the elk thing maybe next year if we got enough time off and whatnot. So um, so this year, looking back, Paul, what what was one piece of gear that you either picked up uh, or got the chance to use that you really thought was, was beneficial, cool, beneficial, worth it, not a gimmick? I think that, and this is, this is like a pretty insignificant piece of equipment, but I bought Kenetrek Mountain leg gaiters for the first time i hate wet pants i hate it and so they're just they go yeah but you, you everyone knows what a leg gaiter is I, I i just never used one and that was like that was life-changing for me this turkey season um you know walking through tall grass i mean it just drives me nuts i hate when my legs get wet but that was that the the, the leg gaiters were life-changing that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's pretty pretty basic. Like, like, it's nothing fancy. Right. It was like a like an eighty dollar pair of leg gaiters or whatever it was. So I'm trying to think. But, um, yeah. Oh, that's sad, old man. I know I talk about it all the time, but I love that thing, and yeah. that's really been um, pretty beneficial. Those things look cool, man. I, I want to get. I, I I don't know. I want to try one out before I spend all the money on it. 
And I mean, I'm literally like twice your size, so I don't think your saddle is going to fit my fat ass. We but. can try it someday. It's, I mean, it's adjustable, and I have it. Oh, is it really? I, yeah, I have it turned down pretty far. Okay, because uh, I saw they had like an like te- they tethered had like an XL saddle or something. Mm-hmm. So I just thought like, I don't know, I got that big hips or whatever you want to call it, childbirth and hips or some shit like that. So. But yeah, so I I I got uh, I know I've talked about, it, but the tethered uh, Phantom saddle, uh, pretty whatever the standard kit and all that kind of stuff is. It wasn't cheap, but it turned out to be worth it in my mind. Uh, I used it almost the entire season mm-hmm. outside of a couple, you know, sitting on the ground or gun hunts or whatever. But the it just allows you to get in everywhere. It's super comfortable, like great radius, blending with the tree pretty well. It takes a second to get used to, but once you're up there, man, it was... That was something I was really. Is it is it actually as comfortable as it looks? I mean, because I, I was watching Parker McDonald because he's a big saddle hunter. I was watching some of his videos and just the, like it looks super uncomfortable. Like your knees are up against the tree and like. So I. It's not you're not sitting in a hammock. I mean, you kind of are, but you're not. Mm-hmm. And. I guess my thing is just compared to any other stand I'd ever been in. Yes, it is that much more comfortable. Wow. Um, I feel like you can move around in a little bit. So, like, when there's times where my knee will be up against a tree, and if I sit there too long, maybe it'll fall asleep or just gets really stiff. But if you, you have the ability to move subtly, and I don't think it's too alarming to deer yeah. uh, that might be in the area. So, it, I, I don't know. I, I think it, it's, it's way more comfortable than any ladder stand that I had ever been in. Um, I did use a climber at one point, but that was, and that was decently comfortable. It just, such a pain in the butt to get in and out of the woods. So yeah, and then the time I almost fell out of the tree in it. So, so I, I saw this the, the platforms that you saddle hunters use. Are they are they aluminum? Are they heavy? Like what are, what are they? I think it's some kind of steel. Are it's, they heavy? Eh, no. So I saw this I saw this company on Instagram. I was I was fascinated by it. I, I, I follow them. I can't remember the name of it, but they were making uh, saddle hunter platforms, and I think the sticks. Um, but they're making it out of like carbon fiber or, or plastic, like high density plastic. And, you know, like if, if a traditional saddle platform weighs like, I'm just going to four pounds or whatever, this thing was like one pound. Yeah. And it was a big difference. And they were going through, they're talking about on their, on their page, they were going through the testing, um, the safety, you know, testing. Everything. But I, I mean, I thought that was fascinating. Like if you're talking about being light and mobile, you know, three, four pounds, man, that adds up. Well, and I know there's companies like Timber Ninja mm-hmm. who has carbon fiber sticks. Um, those are very light, but they, uh, to me, you're only going up the tree with that. Once you once you get to your, um, your platform, like, you, that's the thing you're going to be in for hours. Yeah. So I'm not sure I'm willing to give up, you know, strength for a little bit of weight, you know. And like a lot of the sets I have, I just have a, this, the platform sitting out there. At all times, and I go out into the public, then it's just take it with you, and it's not that heavy. So I, I would want something very stable there. That being said, if the carbon fiber and stuff will hold up like they say it will, um, you know, might yeah. be worth it. So it's gonna take a lot to get me up in the tree, man. Yeah. What do you what? If there's something you're looking forward to trying in, in 2022, what what are you thinking? It could be for your turkeys or uh, any new calls or. Anything like that? So I'm I'm gonna get I'm gonna get to do some out of state hunting for turkeys this year. I'm looking forward to that. So I've got um, where are you going? 
right now I've got a Montana trip. Ooh. Yeah, I didn't tell you about booked. Gonna be booked. Not yet. You didn't even tell me about that one. That's part of the new gig. So oh, I'm, I'm real excited man. about that one. So I'm gonna do uh, <coughs> it's a fly fishing and and turkey hunting trip to Montana. I've never I've never been. I mean I've been to like California and Nevada. You get to take your co-host with you, right? I should try. Yeah, I should try. I should try that. So I'm I'm I am like beyond excited to do that. So that's that's something I'm looking forward to. I've done I've done you know a fair amount of out of state hunting. Um. But just that, that like that terrain type. That's the like I look at pictures and videos. I'm like, man, that looks so cool. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna, just gonna get out there and experience it. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. So, well, that'll be awesome. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what I. I got this. And this sounds really stupid, but um, I got a new grunt call. I should have brought it in here. Um, it's Ninja something or other, but it's got all oh, the Woodhaven. Maybe. Yeah. Stortwees with okay. it. Okay. And, like, I've never, this sounds so rookie, but whenever I've been out in the woods, like, I'm usually the type, I'll grunt at the ear to try to get him to come in. 50% of the time it might work. I don't bleed. I don't rattle a whole lot. But I, I, this year specifically, I noticed a lot of guys, um, Matt Rinella will be proud, on YouTube and stuff, using the snortweeds to really get these deer to come in. Mm-hmm. And there was a couple times this year where I had some big boys that were 60, 70 yards out. And they're kind of, I, I think that having, having start ways would have been really helpful. Yeah. I think even when we talked to Dan, didn't he say he did it like three times to bring his in? Yeah. He did um, it with his mouth. Well, I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. And I don't know if my mouth, I have a big mouth, but I don't know if I could project enough to get yeah. So I got this, that, that new call with the combo there that I'm looking forward to. Uh, I think that might be helpful next year. But. That will be. I, I was at um, Cabela's the other day, and they had a uh, an elk bugle on sale. Nice. I almost bought it just to just to like. Do you know how how happy your wife would be oh if you were just sitting there banging on? A- so I, I I go from like duck calls, and then I'll start transitioning to turkey calls. About I don't know about two weeks, I'll start. Hitting the turkey trumpet and the box call, and she, it just dude frays her nerves, man. And what's what's funny if I really want to get her all wound up is I'll give both the girls like a box call or like a crow call yeah. or something, yeah. and so they're running around crow calling. And my so my like, daughter Mora, she can work a box call, like actually pretty decent. And and I'll start hammering on something, and my wife Ashley is just like, get out of the house. Oh, that's so, <laughs> so funny. It's not like no, I want I want to get this out. I'll probably never hunt elk. I, maybe I, I don't know. If I do, it's gonna be you know one time. But I just want to be able to like I want to go to the woods during like deer like deer bow season next year and just start hammering elk bugles <laughs> on no. public land so that Mike Donkovich is getting all sorts of like reports of, of elk living in. You in just Benton keep County yourself away. So um, Ringle, they went out elk hunting a couple of years ago and. He somehow, like Dr. Doolittle, talked that elk, and but one of the only ones they saw, and come came right into him. That's yeah. awesome. So I think it would be, that's definitely a component that, you know, deer are a little bit vocal, but not not like the elk. Yeah. Uh, that uh that elk mouth call, the, the, the cow elk. Mewing thing. Yeah, whatever it is. I don't know. The mew. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's one thing I can't use as a mouth call for turkeys. Can't do it. It's hard. Yeah, it is hard. I get that damn gag reflex. I start 
That's the worst. I, and you know what? I buy I buy a damn mouth call every year. Every year I will try it. I take them with me. This is my year, you know? When I'm driving around, so my job takes me just to drive and drive and drive, and I'll just sit there and just... Try it. Yeah, I can't. I can't do it. I gave up years ago. Like, actually, but I still, I still try every every spring. Yeah. What was the most memorable hunt this, this uh, past year for you? It was, it was definitely um, my son, Mason, and my best friend, Kenny. We went, uh, we went to some public land in February of 21 uh just rabbit hunting and uh man it was just kicking up rabbits left and right and it was just it was just a lot of fun man. it was snow everywhere and it was just cool man yeah, it was a, it was a lot of fun so and it's just you know people are like yeah rabbit hunting whatever but i mean we, we killed i don't know four or five of them i can't remember and uh yeah it was just it was just a good time just one of those fun days you know so laughing and, and good stuff so what about you Oh man, and there's no such thing as a bad day hunting, right? For or, sure. Or is there? Uh, but the probably the time that we went down down southeast Ohio that morning, it was just garbage weather and yeah, no idea where we we're going, what we we're doing, and able to take that doe home. Yeah, um, that was cool. That was a good hunt. That was fun. Um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. On the contrary, on the flip side, I mean, there's a lot of other good ones, but that one was just it was fun with the the group and everything. Um, I was thinking about this. What was the worst hunt of the year for me? Uh, I, I don't like to complain, but that time where I got destroyed by the mosquitoes that and the poison ivy, <laughs> like yeah. the opening weekend or whatever that yeah. was, that was pretty bad. I think the only thing that might have topped that, well, and then the time we went to the OLAP property and it was like 37 degrees pouring rain, yeah. and I forgot my sticks, that one, that one was kind of iffy. And then... Uh, I don't know. Maybe the one in Pennsylvania where I wrecked my truck. That might have been. Oh, that God. might have been the you've icing had, on the cake. You've had some doozies. Dude, that's that's just how my life is. There's, yeah. a, there's always something more. To you still story. don't have your truck back. No, it's in the body shop now. So oh my God. hopefully in the next week or two we'll yeah. get it back and be back in uh, business with that. So it's funny. Yeah. Well, I don't know what else, man. Twenty twenty one was was a good year and. Obviously, we got started with our podcast here, but hopefully, just keep going. We're going to ATA. Uh, one thing I do need to figure out is uh, I got to find some better Luminox to put in my arrows because I've had a couple failures this year. Yeah, you've had one other day. Failures this year, yeah, and it's very annoying. So I'm gonna look at look for that when we get down there. Yeah, hopefully, we get down and. Figure out a few things and meet a couple people, get some some other people on the podcast, but. Outside of that, man, turkey season will be here before long. I can't wait, man. Shed hunting. Yeah. So we should do so. I, I'll, I'll give. I'll give shed hunting all the sheds I've ever found completely by accident. Yeah. Like I'm sure there's a method to to shed hunting. You know, like find rubs. I I don't know. But. There depends who you talk to. I, yeah. We'll we'll cover that another day, but um, yeah. So to anybody else who's uh, still out there, whether you're hunting ducks. What else is out there? Rabbits. Rabbits, pheasants. Pheasants, deer. Good luck. We got muzzleloader coming up this weekend. Yeah. Be safe. Please be safe. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Yeah, thanks for listening. Appreciate you guys. Yep. Take care.